What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the best hockey podcast in all the land. It is on the power play. And as you can tell by my voice, it's Matt Fisher leading off. And I'm joined by my very special co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adam Creighton. We haven't, I, haven't seen you, buddy. How you been? Am I a legend? I don't feel like you a legend. such a legend. You oh, are a la jambe, as the French say. The French Canadians. Is that what they say? <laughs> they say that. Yes, they totally say that. <laughs> well, that's all right. Learn something new today, but I'm doing good, fish. Good. Hang man. it in. Are so you... happy hockey's back. It's back today. At the Crackle, day we Crackle, record, Crackle. Tuesday, we record. They are playing the first games of uh, the first game was uh, Nashville versus Tampa. Pretty good game. Uh, yeah, pretty good game. Uh, the game going on right now, uh, Connor Bedard's first game between the Blackhawks at the Pittsburgh Penguins. Looking pretty good. The, the last kid. game, yes, is the uh, Stanley Cup banner-raising Vegas Golden Knights facing the Seattle Kraken. So Look for we have six teams on hand to start the night, to start the season. Um, I'm, it's good game so far. I'm excited to see what, uh, you know, the rest of the – Slate looks like tomorrow and then Thursday. Thursday is when my team, the Flyers, start their season in Columbus. And so uh, let's, let's just get the ball rolling, baby. Is it bad I don't know when I, my team starts the season? Make sure you know it. Just just know I'm, it. I'm working on it. You're working on it? <laughs> I'm working on it. Who are they playing? Figure it out. Well, uh, they're playing a team in the National Hockey League. Yes. On a day that ends in Y. Yes. That, that day would be Thursday, and they play the Vegas Golden Knights. Ooh. God help me. Starting out with the Cup Champs. Well, uh, season's rolling, man. We got, we're got we going to have so much more to talk about. But as the season starts, we don't, we got much to talk about. But there is still some things going on. You know, some signings, some people resigning. Some this, some little bit of that. So we got some talk, some stuff to talk about to make an episode out of. But yeah. uh, Adam, oh, I'm, I'm just happy to see you, buddy. I'm you happy too, to talk man. hockey with you. You too. It's it feels like it's been forever, but I think it's only been like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. It can go by. It's because of the playoff baseball. And when when you're is that what it is? That's, in my opinion, that's what it is. Because I've mm-hmm. been just like. Just oh yeah, that in makes depth sense. with the Phillies in their playoff run, and I hope it continues. I right, start uh, prepping again for if they win. I guarantee you, it'll be a me alone show. Fish is going to be partying. Bing is probably going to be partying and or working. Man, we need to save this man, man from work. We he's a get working it. man. That's he's got a house to pay it. for, a wedding to pay for, but like, come back and hang with the boys. The, what are you doing, Bing? Boys miss him. The boys miss him. And I know he's going to listen to this episode and he's going to be like, I do miss the boys. So, Is he going to listen to this? I mean, we can't shit talk him. I mean, we could. He'll get a good <laughs> chuckle out of it. Be like, oh, he's too good for us. He's too good for his friends. Yeah. His, his dog's taking up all his time. All that stuff. But we love you, Brian. <laughs> we love you so much. We're happy you're li- you're doing good things. Uh, and we're good. we're gonna carry the pod with on our shoulders, Adam yeah, and man. I. So we got this. Don't worry. Yes. Pod's in good hands. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start, Adam? 
<laughs> um, but as far as news goes, we us. got mainly some signings to talk about, but you know, pretty, some pretty good signings. Uh, the first couple signings happened in the same team, which is the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, two lifelong Jets and Mark Shifley and Connor Hellenbuck have signed for both seven year deals. I believe, um, which one was, uh, which one Shifley was is coming in at, uh, actually, no, they're the exact yeah, same. Yeah, they deal. are the exact same contract. Eight and a half million for seven years. Exact Oof. same contract Oof. for two lifelong Jets. Mark Shifley, I believe, I don't know, he without a doubt has been an all star. I, uh, oh, I don't sure. have that. Let me see. Yeah. That would be one hockey DB. Sure. No, yeah. hockey reference actually would be the better one. So he's been an all star. But same with, uh, you know, Mr. Connor Hellebuck has been one of, you know, a top three goaltender in this league for quite some time. So, huh. shockingly enough, Mark Shifley has not been an all star. You really? According to his hockey reference page, I don't see an all star wrong. Connor Hellebuck I guess surely I has been. Yeah, I'm a little surprised by that, but still a big part of that team. Uh, yeah, two-time oh, All-Star for Hellebuck. Two-time All-Star for Colin Hellebuck. That makes sense. Taking taking Mark Shifley's spot. And a, so. a Vesna winner as well. Yes. So two years, two similar contracts at seven years, eight and a half mil. Um, first off, Adam, what, what do you think your opinion on is? Was it, it was definitely needed, would you say? Like needed to happen before the season started. I think a decision had to be made before the season started. I don't know if signing them was necessary. Necessarily the cor- or I, let me correct that. I don't think signing both of them was necessarily the right decision. I think uh, I know there was a lot of rumors swirling about Hellebuck not being happy and possibly wanting to get traded. And I think he or his agent or somebody came out and said that that wasn't the case. So I don't know kind of where that relationship kind of lies. But Mark Shifley, I feel like, was kind of primed to be the one that, before he signed the deal, was going to be the one to go. And now he's locked there, or locked in there for the next seven years. So I don't know. I feel, honestly, I feel like Winnipeg is kind of at a point where they need to move on from guys like Mark Shifley. They've already let Blake Wheeler go. And I think right. Shifley was kind of like that last piece that needed to move on, and he's still there. So we'll see how it pans out. I mean, no team wins losing a goaltender of the caliber of Hellebuck. So I think that was the right decision to keep him and try and, you know, keep him happy. I'm not sold on Mark Shifley, though. That's a good point. You know, you, you got to walk that line of, like, do you fully commit or do you fully push him out? Because there's no halfway. You can't half commit. Um, so I think it was the right signing. I think in uh, in talks about, like, Team Juju and, like, you know, morale to have this out of the way and not have, you know, talks about how what contracts talk is going on. Um, I think that's big. Um, I think the Winnipeg Jets are looking to, you know, kind of prove a lot of people wrong because the West Coast is very stacked. And I think a lot of people had the Winnipeg Jets slated as a, a team that might be on the playoff bubble. And so... I think we did. Yes, we definitely did. 
And um, this kind of shows that, hey, we are committed to our guys. We're going to com- compete for the playoffs. And yes. let's rock and roll. We actually have Winnipeg, all three of us, you, me, and Bing, all have Winnipeg slated to finish sixth in the Pacific. Six. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the only one, aside from Toronto, which um, for people listening, if you haven't checked it out, on our story, it should still be there. When did I post? Uh, maybe not. It'll definitely be there by the time this episode posted at 7 a.m. Um, but we posted our season predictions for the 2023-24 season. Uh, you can see my picks, Brian's picks, and Fish's picks all there on our Instagram. And you can tell us how good or bad we did in the comments. Um, uh, there's also a you suck or we suck option if you think we're just terrible at our our quote unquote jobs, but hey, that's what uh, social media is for—the voice your opinion—and we want to hear it over on the gram. We want to hear it, man. We all have Toronto winning the divi- the Atlantic Division. Um, obviously the Metro. It's between uh, Carolina and New Jersey as our top winners of that division, and so it's an interesting talking point of uh, what's going to happen. Obviously, we'll we'll know as the season progresses. And as far as Winnipeg, they have the two two faces of the team locked up to similar contracts, and they're going to be looking to move on forward. So, we're the Winnipeg Jets will definitely be a team we keep a close eye on. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I think they're definitely going to be a team. If nothing else, just for trade deadline purposes, a team to to look out for. Um, like I said, I mean, Hellab- them, Hellebuck and Shifley signing those seven year deals is going to make it a lot harder for them to sign or to be traded anywhere, but it's still something to kind of keep a, a close watch on just to kind of see where they actually think they are in, in their roster construction, I guess you could call it. Right, right. As far as other news, we have some more contracts. We are trucking up the Buffalo, as the Grateful Dead like to say. <laughs> and we are looking at Rasmus Dahlin, the defenseman, the lifelong defenseman for the Buffalo Sabres, has signed a massive contract of eight years of at $11 million AAV. And it's a quite the big contract for the man hitting his prime. Um, obviously, Buffalo has not made the postseason in over 10 years, Ramses Dahlin has been a part of the process that Buffalo has. He's been one of the pieces. Um, to me, I mean, it's it's showing that Rasmus Dahlin probably is going to be their next captain after Akposo leaves. I mean, that just screams like a, a huge leadership contract. Um, is it a bit of an overpay? Yeah. I mean, you know, a, a team that young, like you, you, you can say they're looking to start dishing out some money, but you know they still need a little more prove it for some people. But at the end of the day, they believe in Rasmus Dahlin being a top defender in the league, and uh, they signed him to a contract that says that. What's your What's your opinion on it, Adam? Yeah, no, I think that's. Um... It, to me, it makes sense. It's a young team. They want to lock up as many of their good players as they can. And this is, I think, an example of 
a team using their the term properly, using their cap space fairly properly, because Darlene's going to 100% fit into their current window of trying to win a cup alongside guys like Cage Thompson, uh, Owen Power, uh, who else is on this team that's escaping me? Devin Levi, uh, among others. Yeah, a lot of young players. A lot of young players, and they're finally kind of turning the page of, um, you know, Buff- Buffalo Sabre lore, if you will. I mean, I've as long as I've been watching, they've been a terrible team, and now things are really starting to go their way, and it's exciting to see. And I think this signing is another step in the right direction for them. Hopefully it pans out. I was actually looking to see if uh, Darlene was a, a former Norse candidate at one point, because I could have swore he was nominated a season or two ago, but I couldn't find anything on that just to kind of make that money make sense. But at the same time, he's a young kid that's really good, so that money does kind of make sense. And if the cab goes up the way they're talking, that could be a steal of a contract come year four or five of it. Absolutely. I I, I actually agree with that statement. I mean, with the cap projection increase, I mean, this could be looking like a very, very great contract, especially what they predict the uh, the outcome will be with Darlene and the result and what you get from him. Um, I I want to see like what other huge contracts they think of. Like uh, I I don't know did Tage get signed? I think pretty sure he did. But I want I was actually just about to pull up there, cat friendly, and see who the next big deal is. Um, let's see. Where even is James Tage? Tage was signed because he's got a a seven year deal at seven point one million dollars, which that's looking like a complete steal. Um, I agree. Where things are now, um, Owen Power is going to have to sign a deal at the end of this coming season, or at the end of this season, of the season that actually started. Uh, Levi still has two years. Yuku, Yuko Pekka Lukanen will be an RFA at the end of the season. He might get a pay bump. That's really about it in terms of like the big deals that they're going to probably have to sign. Um, you can maybe argue Victor Olofsson, but I don't think he's going to make much more than what he's making now at a four and 4.75 mil for this season. You can argue maybe Casey Middlestat, and if Kyle Acaposo doesn't retire, he might chew into that cap a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be anything significantly crazy like a Rasmus Dahlin number. Right, right. Well, it's a big contract, man. Uh, it's definitely the one that um, I think is probably kind of going to boost everyone's ego in that locker room. Like, knowing, like, hey, like, we're going to have a core here for some time like they believe in us let's show them that they're making the right decisions and um i know you guys have buffalo as a playoff bubble but i have them second in the atlantic so uh let's see how that pans out my friend yeah it's their good team but i don't know if uh they they got it all all clicking properly just yet right uh, right well, time will tell hockey's a weird sport where you never know where things are going to go I would agree, yeah. A lot of other things have to deal with the injuries. They're obviously a young teams, so 
I, I think the the injury bug won't bite them. I think again, it's going to come down to goaltending. To be perfectly honest with you, I think it's going to come down to how UPL uh, plays. It's going to come down to how Devin Levi emerges in the league. Because I think this is going to be his first full season as an NHL goalie. Right. Um. So depend. I think it's really going to depend on how that all shakes out and how the rest of their division also shakes out. That's I think going to have a big to do about things as well. Right, right. Um, as far as moving on to the next contract we're about to talk, we are going to the state of hockey in America. And that is Minnesota and the Minnesota. Wild. Minnesota. And they have locked up center Ryan Hartman to a three-year contract. want to make sure I have the numbers right because that is important. They are locking up Ryan Hartman for four million AAV. Um, he has kind three of years. flourished, yeah. In three years, he has kind of flourished in Minnesota after not being a long, a lifelong Minnesotian. Uh, he has been a, a team hopper. He has played for my Philadelphia Flyers, played for the Blackhawks. You know, he's been all over the place, and he's found a home in Minnesota. You know, big thanks to probably playing with Kirill the throw Kippersoff, you know, being a skilled winger that he is. Um, I think it's a good move. He continues to be a glue piece just as a, his play. He's uh, always in for the nitty-gritty, and um, I think that – uh. It's going to work well for him. I I would expect a 20-goal season, you know, maybe some power play time, maybe some penalty kill time, all situations. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's a good signing definitely for Minnesota, but looking at their roster, I feel like they're in a – they're really kind of in a, in a Vegas Golden Knights kind of scenario down the middle – before the Knights got Jack Eichel. Like, they don't have a true, in my opinion, number one center. Um, if you look at the Vegan Golden Knights center core before Eichel showed up, it was Chandler Stevenson, one, I think William Carlson, two, and then whoever they they filled in for the, the bottom six. And I'm kind of seeing that same scenario here with Ryan Hartman as the number one center. Erickson Eck with the number two, and then you got Rossi and uh, Dewar or Dewar um, rounding that that center core up. And I have them doing pretty well this season uh, in in our predictions, but I'm not a hundred percent sold on them actually finishing where I'm predicting they're going to finish. I feel like they need that number one center to really kind of lead them into a long playoff push that they've been trying for and striving for. And they always just come up that little bit short um, when things really get rolling, but we'll see. It's going to be a, an interesting time, but I definitely think it was a good pickup and a a good reacquiring, if you will, for Minnesota to keep Ryan Hartman around. Yeah. You make a good point. I mean, he is a good contract, but he's not your top center. And the reason he's your, he's a good center is because he's playing with, one of the best wingers in this game, Kirill Prisal. So, 
again, yeah, maybe they they look at the trade deadline, trying to look for a number one center and package a, a big a big trade piece for a number one center, or they wait till the off season. Um, I think you, you know, you make such a good point because they don't have that number one center. Their defense kind of is like so so. Like it's, I wouldn't say it's terrible, but they aren't like. I won't say that they have a strong top four as their decor. And um obviously they mm-hmm. continues yeah. They continue to ride on Flurry and Flurry's, you know, getting up there. So I think uh Gustafson's gonna be a solid goaltender for them, but it's that defense that is looking a little shaky and I mean I'm looking at their daily face off page. Jared Spurgeon is out with an injury. Um, I don't know what the timetable for him is looking like, but that's really going to hurt their their decor. When I'm looking at a Jonas Brodeen, Brock Faber, Jacob Middleton, Alex Goligoski, and then John Merrill and Kalen Addison as a decor, that's looking a little shaky. I don't know if I'm liking that defensive foundation that they got going on right now. But that's something Ryan Hartman, I think, can kind of help backstop, so to speak, because he's... Very much, I I think the way I think of Ryan Hartman is as a, a two way player that's very sandpaper and grindy. He's he can get in there, get into the buck, puck battles. Um, I don't know if he's great defensively, but it's definitely something that could help kind of bolster that blue line until at least Spurgeon can come back and kind of restabilize things. Yeah, you look at it; it's uh, what was I about to say? It's definitely some. Yeah, you know, hope and prayers with some situations. Um, again, we'll, we'll probably see. We'll see if they they hold up. Where do I have them? I think I have them in the playoffs. I think you um, might have had them on the bubble. Yeah, I'm a. You I'm have a them third. I have the, you and Brian both have them finishing third. I have them finishing second. So we both have them in the top three of their division. So. But it's a fair, it's a pretty weak division, all things considered. Uh, yeah, you got Dallas and Colorado in there. You know, those are those are good teams. Um, but you're right. You know, the bottom half isn't as good as even close to the top half. Uh, we'll see, man. I I like the contract. I remember when when uh we got Ryan Hartman, we got him from Nashville in the uh, when we traded Wayne Simmons. And he was he started making an impact like big like he uh his first shift was against the Sabers and he absolutely smoked Rasmus Dahlin with a huge hit and then grabbed someone and just started chucking knucks man right in front of the Philly crowd place was going nuts it's like ooh who's this guy um and then. During the offseason, Chuck Fletcher traded him to Dallas for Tyler Pitlick. And Pitlick gave us a good year. So it was like you could, at the time, you didn't hate the trade. He gave us a good year, but then Pitlick didn't stay. And then obviously Ryan Hartman made his way to Minnesota and found a good niche. Yeah. So weird how hockey can work like that, man. Sometimes you just. Need an opportunity and a place that you can flourish. That's yeah. So. I mean, that's I look at that a lot and see a lot of guys that kind of need fresh starts to 
kind of rejuvenate their career. I think Jonathan Drewin is going to be the one to watch this season, getting that new look with Colorado after not really doing too well in Tampa and then kind of falling off when he went to Montreal with the injuries and everything and now kind of reuniting with Nathan McKinnon. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to find a nice little career rejuvenation over in Colorado. So that'll be fun to see. And it's good to see with Ryan Hartman too. Yes. Yes. Um, Moving into our last point, um, we are talking about a sad state of affairs um, long time, yes, a <laughs> long time ESPN anchor, former NHL coach, and I believe player Barry Melrose has uh, stepped aside. I don't know if he officially has retired, but he said he is stepping aside from uh, ESPN because uh, over the summer he has been diagnosed with a Parkinson's disease, and he has been battling Parkinson's for couple months now and decided that uh you know broadcasting wasn't in the cards right now and he had to worry worry about his health and um very sad i mean espn isn't truly known for its hockey like they're known more for you know basketball and football and baseball and their coverage but when they do have hockey coverage it was always barry melrose with the sick mullet you know the rosy chin, rosy cheeks. Um, he knew how to describe the game to people that might not understand or who know who the players are, which was great. Um, coached Wayne Gretzky in Los Angeles, so has been a lifelong hockey hockey guru, and um, just a really sad news, man. He will yeah. be missed. He will be missed by me, especially. And he's kind of like the the guy I thought of and still kind of think of when it comes to the NHL on ESPN. He was always really he was the only guy that kind of talked about hockey on ESPN before the whole NHL ESPN deal. So it's it's sad to see and it's actually I kind of ironic that we're talking about him and uh Colorado or the, the Chicago Pittsburgh game is talking about him at the same time. <laughs> Couldn't have timed that any better if we tried. Uh, yeah, I got the sound off. I, I like to keep the sound off, but I do have the game on the television. And, uh, you know, I will say, man, we've been uh, complaining on this podcast about how ESPN has been covering hockey since the deal. And um, I don't know, like the commercials they have for it, for the sport, how they're trying to you know, showcase the talents and get people to watch. I, I think it's a good good look towards it. And obviously opening night, you know, you got uh, three slated games. And um, it's good, man. I think it's a good start to the year. I hope they continue and continue to try and grow this game because ESPN is going to be a big part of how yeah. we're going to get new fans watching this sport. So... And speaking of, while we still have a little bit of time before we need to wrap up, because there's a big old Zoom yes. countdown clock right above your head right now. We um, still got some time, but yeah, you're right. What's up, Adam? But um, I wanted to ask one with, uh, at the time we're recording this, there's about eight and a half minutes left in Connor Bedard's debut, and you and me have both been watching with our sounds off uh, throughout this whole game. And I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, Bedard's debut. How do you think he's playing so far? Mr. Connor? 
the poise of him, he's got some really great poise. That stands out to me the most. Like, he'll get in a situation he's probably not ready yet, and he maybe you know, gets pushed off the puck there, and he just stays cool and calm. Like, he doesn't look like it's too much for him. And yet, you know, it's I think it might be a little bit of a of a tough wake-up call because, you know, when you're playing in the WHL, the – Junior league, he was playing like he's playing against boys. He's that much. He's so much better than everyone else. And, and when you get here, man, it's like you're playing against men. And not only that, you're matched up against the team's best shutdown center and best defenseman all the time. And so I think it's going to be a little bit of a challenge for him to be to really get comfortable and be able to uh, really showcase his talents. But um, he's he's been able to do it enough. I mean, he's gotten some really good scoring chances. He's showcased that iconic. We're saying iconic this first game that <laughs> ho drag ho drag release he has, which is like, I, it it left me speechless, man. It's it's so quick how he can just pull that thing close to him and just rip a wrist shot. Yeah. Like wow. And it's, like, wow, wow. He's just past the 20-minute uh, mark for uh, time on ice. Um, he's looked good. You know, it's going to – the first 10 games or so, it's going to be a true test because, you know, when you're playing juniors, you know, if you play like a back-to-back, if you play a back-to-back, um, you're usually playing against the same team. And uh, they're going to have – the Chicago Blackhawks are going to have a back-to-back tomorrow when the podcast uh, drops, and they are playing the Bruins in Boston. So it, that's a good strong test to be like, all right, you go from Pittsburgh to Boston, overnight flight, you know, right back at it tomorrow. You know, that's the NHL. Welcome to it, man. Yeah, and I think shortly thereafter, too, he's going to have to fight Vegas – uh, yeah, they have, have a five, champions. they have a five-game uh, road trip to start the season. And as we're just talking, uh, Chicago just took the lead 3-2 and uh, four, left with 4.30 left in the third period. Nice. So, I'm um, way behind. I'm at the six-minute mark. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, I'm sorry, buddy. It's I, fine. I'm so sorry. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, it's um, he's looked good. He's looked poised. He's been pushed off the puck a little bit. Being not being able to separate himself, but he's been able to, uh, you know, command the uh, offensive zone. Uh, I think he he got his first assist. He yes, was he a did. Secondary assist, but he was also a minus on the Sidney Crosby goal. So uh, a little bit of everything. Let's see. Um, let's see. Obviously, there's four twenty five. Maybe he gets the empty netter. Who knows. I don't think judging by his judging by his reaction to the empty netter he scored in the preseason, I think he's going to avoid that puck at all costs if the <laughs> net is empty. He doesn't want that at all. Um but you know, I pretty much agree with you. I think it's been a pretty good uh debut for him. It might not be going the way he wants to, but it's still been a strong showing against a pretty solid Pittsburgh team. Um, right. And it's, so. it's, the NHL man, it's tough like not every he, he's going to have a great career, but not everyone can start out like Austin Matthews and pot four goals in your first game. Like, and no one should. That's and, that should be a once in a, a blue moon event, right? Exactly. So you know, it's the NHL, man. It's it's 
there's going to be learning curves, especially early. And, you know, all you can do is just keep your attitude right and just listen to your vets. Listen yep. to your vets because they're going to be the ones who are going to help you the most in every situation you're facing. Yep, I, I like it. So I think that's a pretty solid place to uh, wrap this shorter episode of the pod. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I'm not so sure. We were we were moving pretty good. Um, thanks, everybody. We love our fans so much. Seriously, you guys are the reason we continuously push to try and make it a weekly episode. I know we took a week off last week. I've been you now big on the big on the Phillies bandwagon of the playoff run. So it's yeah. like, ah, playoff baseball, playoff baseball. Don't worry, fans. I am prepping for a solo pod should the Phillies win the whole shebang. No, um, we'll come on if we'll come on here and we'll be like Phillies just won the World Series. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but seriously guys, thank you it. so much for listening. We love you all. Seriously, from Bing to myself to Adam, we appreciate you guys because you know we're we're the we're the schmucks. We're we're just a bunch of kids who just love talking about hockey, and the fact that you guys listen to us it, it means the world. Um, thanks for listening. If you don't follow us already on the socials, please do. We'd love to get our numbers up at OTPP Pod. We are on Instagram. Uh, we are on X. And we are on Twitch. We are. Yes. Twitch.tv slash uh, on the power play. I'm vigorously training in NHL 24, trying to get my skills up so I can be ready to stream uh, some people's GM because I like to play some games for those. I'm still working out some ideas and figuring out what I want to do for some simulation content, whether it be people's hockey league, maybe it's some fantasy shenanigans. Who knows? I've got plans, uh, that ideas are flowing. Yeah. idea the ideas are a flowing like a river and you can catch all that over at twitch.tv slash on the power play. And if it means the most to you go on our socials, go to our website, go to our merch store. We have so much merch especially now that it's coming to autumn and the fall and winter's right around the corner. Get some some blankets, get a coffee cup, represent on the power play. It means the world to us. We appreciate you all listening. Thank you so much. And as Mr. Bingman would like to say, we're out. Woo!